This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Adamika Ajelo is an Oakland native, mathematician, and STEM trailblazer with an unshakable passion for the social, emotional, and economic empowerment of young women of color. She's the founding executive director of Self-Esteem, a nonprofit organization on the mission to ignite pride, purpose, and possibility among BIPOC girls and women through STEM by providing culturally relevant education, training and mentorship, and a network of support to thrive within the talent pipeline. Since 2014, Self-Esteem has unleashed the brilliance and self-esteem of more than 1,200 girls through STEM. The motivation to start her own nonprofit was driven by personal experiences of encountering resistance and adversity as she moved through the STEM pipeline from high school to college and later into her career. Often the first and only within her classrooms and meeting rooms, her vision to transform STEM is rooted in the lived experience and strength of BIPOC women. She believes fighting racial and gender injustices is a multifaceted approach, and her fight is within the STEM industry. She's on a quest to disrupt the status quo and ensure BIPOC women are recognized as top talent and innovation in STEM. Adamica, as if that wasn't enough, she's also the Director of Strategic Workforce Planning and Analytics at Visa, and she provides insights and recommendations influencing global workforce plans and talent development strategies. She's worked at large companies such as Kaiser Permanente, Cisco Systems, Workday, Meta, Facebook, and Adobe in the areas of finance, workforce planning and analytics, and business continuity. She's a social entrepreneur with a proven talent for advancing women of color, exposure, and competence in STEM, and she's an angel investor via Pipeline Investors. She received her BA in mathematics from Occidental College in Los Angeles and her MBA in finance and leadership management from Holy Names University in Oakland, California. When she's not working, which is probably not often. She enjoys attending Warriors basketball games, local wine tasting, and trying new restaurants and laughing with her husband. 
again, I'm excited this week to sit and talk to Adamika Ajelo. I did say that right. Yes. <laughs> Just want to make sure. I have had the pleasure of knowing Adamika for now. It's probably been years and years. We met at a uh, a common employer and she continues to just be one of those people that I truly love to stay in contact with because she's doing amazing things in the world. Um, so I couldn't have the podcast without having her come on and talk about what she's working on these days. But I wanted to just start off. Um, now you are and have been the Self-Esteem founding executive director. So tell us about like why you got started, how you got started, what was kind of your inspiration for beginning Self-Esteem? That's a great question. Thank you for um, the uh, introduction. So um, the vision behind Self-Esteem um, actually came through my own journey uh, throughout the STEM pipeline. My father came to this country to study chemical uh, engineering at UC Berkeley and worked for the oil companies. And STEM really provided a platform to really transform the social and economic trajectory of my family. Father coming to this country from Nigeria, from a rural village area, it provided a lot of opportunities. Growing up, STEM was part of my everyday life. Um, I did a lot of STEM activities uh, with my father. He would take us to museums. And we just had hands-on engagement of doing math and physics problems early in my childhood. And as I matriculated from high school, being part of the engineering academy and going into college was the first time where I felt opposition, where um, there was resistance in the pipeline for me, a Black woman um, or African-American woman um, in the STEM field. I really saw that my support system was really pulled out from underneath me. And there were just so many obstacles and just people really um, not supporting me on my career journey. And so for me, I thought, well, how many young girls who are interested in STEM, but maybe they don't have that solid foundation. Um, the foundation that my father provided for me really set me to really thrive and navigate some of the obstacles and challenges that were placed on me as I transitioned from high school to college and college into my career. So that was really the vision behind self-esteem because I know if I didn't have that solid foundation that I probably would not have a degree in the STEM field um, and would not continue on my uh, uh, career path and career uh, trajectory. So at self-esteem, really our mission is really to ignite pride, purpose and possibility among BIPOC women through the STEM pipeline by providing them culturally relevant education, training and mentorship, and just really an access to a network of support to really fuel their personal and professional development throughout the STEM pipeline. I love it. Pride, purpose, and passion. I love it. I love it. So, so then in terms of, so what, the, tell us a little bit about what, I mean, the name, of course, self-esteem, which I love. Mm -hmm. um, and then what do you all do? Because I had the pleasure of being with you guys. Now it's been several years, but during one of your summer programs, and it was phenomenal, but I could not believe how many kids you're serving. Yes. Yes. So definitely will answer that question of, you know, some of our program services, but I do want to take you back to, to really kind of think about our cause or the issue that we're trying to address. 
as some people may know, uh, STEM jobs are the highest growing occupation over the last three decades. And if we look at the future trajectory of uh, 10 to 15 years, just any outlook into the future, uh, STEM jobs are projected to grow the highest just from 2020 to 2023 alone, the uh, Department of Labor Statistics present, uh, projected that STEM jobs will grow by 11%. And then we're aware that uh, most jobs in the future require some type of STEM literacy or digital skills. However, we think about the uh, overall increase in STEM programming and career pathways. One of the things through my own personal journey is that I'm realizing that BIPOC women are still being kept out and pushed out of the STEM um, talent pipeline. And so that's where self-esteem um, comes in and where we look to serve as a uh, conduit as well as a platform to help BIPOC women not only enter in the STEM pipeline, but also focusing on retention. How do we help them to thrive and remain uh, within the, the pipeline? Wow. So our organization has a three core stat- strategies. What we have is what we call one pillar is our network building. And really the goal of the network is to build a network infrastructure that supports BIPOC girls and women as the new face and culture of STEM innovation. And we do this through events, volunteer drives, as well as institutional uh, partnerships and collaborations. Another part of our pillar um, we have is the narrative change. And then the goal with this is to really provide counter narratives that shift the mainstream perception of BIPOC girls and women in STEM. We're really seeking to inspire them to be future change makers and how we are uh, looking to uh, do this through program and initiatives is really launching more of social media campaigns to help provide that counter narrative. And then also too through some of our awards uh, gala and programming to acknowledge and provide a BIPOC women a platform to be recognized. Um, The third part of our pillar, and this is where you seen us in action, and this is where we have a lot of activity in historical uh, track record of making um, a transformative impact in our community is in our STEM education pillars. So this is what we are doing of fostering personal educational and professional development for BIPOC girls in the pipeline. And we do this through our early STEM immersion program, which is a free program for young girls age seven to 17 with the goal to really spark their STEM curiosity. And I'll come back and go into details about that program and and the activities that we're doing. The other program, um, and we're looking to launch and pilot this in the future, as we think about the demographic age 7 to 17, as they age and matriculate to the next part of the talent pipeline, which is the 18 to 25-year-old demographics, we're looking to launch an emerging STEM leaders program where we're equipping them through workshops. We uh, provide them the resource and the training to not only uh, enter and navigate their uh, career po- uh, pathway, but also thrive. That's a key component that we're seeing that is missing in the market um, or missing that is top of mind is, yes, we can get this demographic group into the pipeline, but how do we address some of the systemic barriers that we're seeing once they enter in the pipeline that also um, creates this diversion from STEM where they're exiting out of the pipeline? Those are um, our core strategies that we're, we're focused on. For our early STEM immersion program, we have an annual STEM camp, and I believe you volunteered at an annual STEM camp, and that's a one-week STEM camp that provides them culturally relevant uh, project-based activities, leveraging some product design principles for the girls to, you know, leverage technology to build and create solutions 
for challenges that exist within their community. And then we also have a robotics program. And our robotics program has won awards and made history as the first all-girls underrepresented minority team to compete in a North Cal robotics competition through the first Lego League uh, competition. Um, And then we also have touch points throughout the year where we provide role models and intimate and curated conversations with professionals to really help for them to really see themselves in the STEM uh, career fields. So that's um, our our three core uh, strategic pillars around networking, building, narrative change, and STEM education, because we realize that, hey, one pillar is enough to actually solve the key systemic barriers that BIPOC women face as they navigate the STEM pipeline. Wow, that is awesome. First of all, where do you find these girls? <laughs> and and second of all, I mean, I can't imagine how excited they are to be involved because it sounds like they could literally have years with you all to grow and develop in this program. Um, and then to be able to, you know, kind of expand into the 18 to 25 Um, it seems like a natural place for you all to go, which is awesome. Really creating that community and that network that people can continue to connect with, even as they grow in their careers, which is awesome. Where do you find the girls and, you know, what's the reaction been? Because I know you've been doing it now for a while. Yes. So um, we've been doing this since uh, 2014 and we really have, strong roots and rooted in uh, community um, in the Bay Area. So most of our participants are from the Oakland slash uh, East Bay area. Um, However, we do have people who travel uh, as far as Sacramento to our our programs. And then some um, participants that are coming from the Antioch uh, and Pittsburgh uh, area. But most of our participants now are through uh, word of mouth that parents have been really seeing an impact uh, with just a short um, interactions or touch points with us. Uh, we've received a lot of feedback from the parents that they've really seen a transformative impact in, the, in their uh, young daughters, really seeing themselves and, and really anchoring into what we call their STEM career identity, really having a sense of belonging and pride in the STEM fields. And it's really aligned to our unique approach where we don't look at BIPOC girls as a deficit model, um, meaning that, hey, we need to just teach you, you know, how to code. But we also understand that those skills and that capability exist uh, within you. And it's our job and, and role to really uh, want to bolster your, your self-esteem and then all of the learning will follow. We really try to align to our core values um, and all of our touch points which is around community and self-love, um, mm-hmm. helping bolster their self-esteem and confidence. And then also too around in- innovation, really trying the girls to, to really imagine and create the world that they yearn for. Um, mm-hmm. And then focus on creativity. We really just encourage curiosity and their creative uh, genius for them to just really um, put no limitations and bounds on things and ideas that, that come top of mind to them. And then we really lead with purpose. Um, uh, we have authenticity, um, intentionality with all of our program and curriculum designs to ensure that we are culturally relevant and mirroring content that reflects our, our demographic group. And then the last part is really about equity. And this really helps us um, with finding 
or we say drawing people who are our core values, but we really focus on improving their life outcomes through, uh, through STEM, that they really see that from our organizations that our missions and our values are aligned to their core values um, within the community. That's awesome. I mean, I wish I would have had a group like this when I was that age. So it's phenomenal. I can't wait to see you all expand nationally. <laughs> yes, we're looking forward to that too. Yeah. The vision, yeah. the vision. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I just really applaud all the work you're doing because I know you're holding down a day job as you continue to expand, which I mean, can be really challenging. I mean, for you to have made even thus far so much of an impact in the community, almost as a side hustle, uh, but I'm mm -hmm. sure it's almost like you've got probably three, four jobs um, to kind of keep it all going. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see all of the work that you're doing. You actually call yourself a mathematician. Yes. And I will tell you, I never, I mean, math was not the subject that I enjoyed when I was in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I went into financial services and payment technology, uh, mm -hmm. it was not the, my favorite subject. I mean, you talked about your dad and how he gave you a um, kind of a foundation to go into STEM. How did you know that you wanted to get connected with math and and kind of work in the field? Yeah, so actually, um, this kind of goes back to the earlier story about the vision of starting self-esteem. I actually didn't start on the journey to, to become a mathematician. I became a mathematician, got my degree in math by accident or by default. So as I'm in college, um, I was initially on a track to do, they had this 3-2 or 4-2 program with um, uh, other universities in the area of engineering. I actually wanted to be a structural civil engineering major and um, wanted to really design bridges and more of large scale um, um, architecture or um, infrastructure. That's where I really piqued my interest. However, um, throughout my journey, I had advisors who did not support me um, and kind of guided me off the path. They really didn't encourage me. And they were actually discouraging me in, in my um, engineering degree and education pursuits. So I was just taking many math courses. So I said, hey, the math department seems cool. They seem inviting. It seems like I have support of a lot of my math professors. I'm going to become a math major. And so that's how I actually selected to um, uh, uh, my degree in math. I was good in math. I was good in many of the STEM fields. And math was one of the, the areas in which I just naturally gravitated uh, towards it. And, and it really came from the solid foundation um, that my father uh, provided for me in my earlier years. So that's really what self-esteem is really trying to ensure that, that these participants have a solid foundation that they're receiving the support and training and in the engagement to really not only increase their in, uh, interest and engagement in STEM, but really for them to thrive and have sustainability throughout their uh, STEM career path journey. Wow, that's awesome. And I would have never known that, see, if I hadn't asked the question. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're good in everything you do. It's, it's amazing to me um, how you keep it 
and pull it all together, especially when it comes to, you know, strategy, analytics. I mean, you're kind of everywhere and all over making the dream work. I would say that math um, and how I like to describe math to um, our participants and even something it's a principle for me is I call math is the universal language of the of the world. There's just certain principles and approaches to addressing and solving problems that mathematics provides what I call this problem solving framework where you can t- tie that same approach to almost any, you know, uh, task or industry that that, that you're in. So um, my math background really has lent itself well to really help, to your point, thinking about what I'm doing um, in uh, strategic uh, workforce planning and, and also analytics. It's helping to bridge answering and solving problems from a what I call a data-driven perspective. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. So then what are some of the things that you would like to leave with these girls? Because uh, I know there is testimony from them. So for, from your first or second class or cohort, I, I'm sure by now you've seen them kind of grow into their, some of them into their college careers. Mm-hmm. And how are they doing and what, you know, what's the reaction been? Yes. So since founded in 2014, uh, Self-Esteem has um, unleashed their brilliance and self-esteem for over 1,200 girls, um, BIPOC girls, um, throughout the Bay Bay Area and and beyond. However, there are two stories that really have uh, jumped out for me. Uh, One participant, her name is Sierra, and she joined our organization at the age of seven, and she has matriculated. Now she's in, I'm sorry, not age of seven. She joined us, I believe, when she was at elementary school. Um, Not sure the exact age, but now she's in college and she's majoring um, in in the STEM field. Currently, she's looking to do some uh, medical research. That's her area in in her focus. However, when uh, Sierra came into our program, she had all of the knowledge. Um, she was a highly in- intelligent student, advanced um, academically. However, she lacked the social skills. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we know um, and we think about STEM skills, it's also 21st century skills and collaboration is very important. Even if we think about tech, which is a big pillar in STEM, when p- people are launching new apps and new products and new enhancements, it's a team. It's a collaborative effort with software engineers, product managers, uh, content um, uh, uh, designers, UX designers to really actually um, ship a product or app that we see. So through our program, the parents shared like our program was very transformative because they had some challenges were breaking through with their daughter around collaborations and working well with others. So it was the social skills. Um, so we really strengthened and uh, honed in on her academic uh, ability challenger through our robotics programs and some of our camps. But she also got that full wraparound services um, that's part of our culturally um, thriving model. And this is our unique uh, learning model to really accelerate the learning curve and drive utilization and adoption of new concepts uh, rapidly and very quickly. That was one thing that we received positive feedback from the participants um, as well as uh, the parent. And then we had another one, um, and, and her name is Sarah, um, and Sarah joined us also to an elementary school. She's in high school, soon to be a, a, a senior, 
and Sarah um, was coming and was actually sneaking into our program. Um, her mom heard about our program um, through the school and was just word of mouth again. Um, and she says, I need to get my daughter in this program. I'm hearing so many great things about self-esteem. And however, uh, there was a misalignment between priorities of the parents where one parent um, had more of a traditional view that, you know, the daughter would just come home, no extracurricular activities. And the mom was sneaking her into the program. However, um, her father just said, hey, there's something that's changing about my daughter. Like, she's more confident. We're seeing her um, stepping up and seeing more of a leadership uh, leadership role. And so the father actually said, hey, what's going on here? My daughter, I'm seeing a change in a positive way, but he wasn't aware of her attending the program. So from our program, what we did, um, we really impacted Sarah by really giving her the confidence to believe that she can, and this can be a STEM leader. And this was through our robotics program. And so in elementary school, Sarah not only self-taught herself how to code through some of the, the guidance that we, we provided, uh, provided her, but she also was a leader of our robotics team that went off to a first Lego league competition in Northern California. And that was the team that I mentioned that made history as the first all girls underrepresented minority group um, to participate in a robotics competition in um in Northern California. And so uh, Sarah also went on to work with our COO um, of our organization to teach robotics training and principles to educators at a local university, um, Holy Names University, to really show them like, hey, here's a program, here's a program model that's really working. And let me show you the impact of how I came, how I learned how to code and um, uh, through the self-esteem robotics program. So um, it's really was transformative in the sense that, that you know, the father didn't know that she was coming to our program and where she was able to see the impact of our program um, in, in his daughter's self-esteem in her academic abilities. Wow, that's, that is an awesome story. I love, there's so many different things in there related to, you know, just, just providing access early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many people that don't have the opportunity to get access to what mm-hmm. you're giving. So it's awesome that you're able to work, you know, with the schools and, and really get such an audience to bring them to things that maybe they never thought they would be. So then tell me a little bit about, because I know um, even in your own career, as well as these girls, the the process for mentorship um, mm-hmm. has to be so important. What do you, you know, how are they uh, reacting to mentors and, you know, how has it helped you in your own career? For the participants, the mentorship is a critical component of the program model. I remember one of my uh, moments um, in which we did a our annual conversation in um, in STEM uh, career panel with some individuals, um, uh, the Black Women at Group at Facebook, and through that um, panel discussion in the chat, one of the girls said, "Oh, she looks like me. Like she's a product manager, and she looks like me. Like look at her hair. Her hair looks like mine." And so just to see that instant instant connection of that I am seeing someone that I can self identify. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing someone um, telling and having the same shared and lived experience as me in early in their uh, STEM, STEM journey. And I instantly have that connection that this is something that I could possibly be. 
And so we understand in, in our program, in all of our touch points, we are very intentional to ensure that um, from our um, speakers and from our teams, reflecting the demographics that we're um, looking to serve since inception. From the beginning, this is something that we have integrated into our, our program model. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then in your own career, from a mentorship perspective, I mean, I just want people to see it's like mm-hmm. you may be mentored as a as a young adult or, you know, in school, but mentorship, you know, lasts yeah. forever. Yes. <laughs> and for me, um, and one of the things that we're, although in a mission, we use the term mentorship, but what we're looking to also do is to kind of strengthen a, a sub-program, a pillar called championship or, mm-hmm. or a champion. And so for me, mentorship was very critical in my career because mentorship really helped me to avoid some of maybe the pitfalls or learning things the hard way throughout my career journey. One of my mentors shared with me is, you know, always ask questions. If you're new to the job, don't use that opportunity to uh, kind of what he said, float, but use that opportunity to get information um, and to learn. Always be in this this space of being a continual learner to hone your skill set and your tools within your tool toolkit. So that was one of my mentors um, uh, share that with me. But I also think that some of the systemic uh, barriers that BIPOC women face within the pipeline and similar that I face um, as it relates to career growth um, and navigating my, my career path for new opportunities, it's really that champion. So um, someone also provide that also look for a a mentor who's also a champion. And this distinction that they provided as a champion is someone that will provide you that mentorship and that guidance. But then also a champion will also be someone who's an advocate who will remove roadblocks so that you can get those opportunities. This is someone that um, whether you're in the room or not, they're advocating on your behalf for any type of new opportunities. So I was blessed early in my career. I had mentors and I also had uh, champions where most of my, I say my career journey, I necessarily didn't have to apply for a position. A lot of people would say, hey, you worked at many great companies, but all of those opportunities really came because I had champions. That was someone just tapping me on the show and say, hey, I'm about to go here. I have this great opportunity. Are you interested? Or I think that this will feature, fit your needs. And so that's how I was able to necessarily navigate, navigate my career mobility up without necessarily always saying, hey, it came through a promotion. It was always some leaders that says, hey, I want a Domica on my team. I have a new opportunity. Let me champion um, and advocate for her to come and join, whether it's the team um, or join um, a new organization. So that's something that I think is also critical um, and self-esteem also serves as a champion to really through our programs to provide those opportunities to remove road barriers by, you know, um, not charging for our program services, uh, you know, eliminating one barrier, which is a financial barrier. But there's other things that we um, provide through our program that really focus on the root cause um, of some of the key challenges that BIPOC girls and women face um, throughout their STEM career journey. And, and that's something that I'm just really, really proud of because that championship is very, very critical and it has helped me in my own personal career and throughout my career journey. You are just doing such awesome things. I'm so excited to continue to stay stay connected to you um, because there's just, you know, when you meet people that, and you know, they're changing the world. I think when we met 
uh, I don't know. It's been maybe 2015, maybe I think it was 2015 or 2016. Could have been. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like now, you know, with the pandemic, I don't pandemic. even know time frames <laughs> anymore. But it, it, I mean, it has just been such a blessing to see you and your work grow in such a phenomenal way and impact the world in in such wonderful ways. So I'm always talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion when we think about companies and corporations that want to get involved and change the systemic issues um, that are out there and change the infrastructure in a way that is much more positive and inclusive. I'm constantly just trying to connect organizations and corporations because I do think that we have to have combinations of private companies, nonprofit companies, community organizations that are actually transforming those dollars that corporations can provide in a way that is meaningful and impactful. Um, and Selfistem is absolutely one of those companies. So I do want you to tell people how they can connect with Selfistem um, if they're interested, because I know fundraising is always an issue for nonprofits. Um, so tell us how to how to connect with you all. Yes. No, that's uh, it's so funny that you mentioned that there are investments um, being being made um, by corporations in the DEI space. And if corporations are looking to really support and give back to the local communities, why also achieving at the same time the benefit for the company? corporations is, you know, achieving their, their DEI strategy or, or initiatives, uh, self-esteem, um, they can go and visit our website at www.selfesteem.org to connect with us. In addition, they can always shoot uh, an email at info at uh, to connect with us. Our organization is really um, put together a, a strategic plan for what we call targeted system change. And this is really addressing um, uh, systemic level around STEM education, talent acquisition, and talent development within the U.S. And so we've put together a high-level plan and investor deck where um, we are uh, co-creating an infrastructure that provides what we call the holistic support to really drive demand for diverse talent and just really shift the mindset of uh, about BIPOC women in STEM as a uh, key uh, uh, talent pool. And so with our plan, what we're looking to do is really form a network by and for BIPOC women. And this kind of goes back to the three core strategies that I previously uh, mentioned before and really leaning into activating that network to create change and then growing the network network um, to uh, scale impact. So we really encourage um, organizations to reach out to us to learn about opportunities to become a sponsor of our current award-winning uh, uh, programs um, to really help us um, uh, scale and drive uh, um, impact and change. And then also, too, if there are also new opportunities as we think about um, one of the things that we're working on is we're also looking for funding and partners to collaborate on really launching the uh, emerging uh, STEM leader program. So that's really about that 18 to 25 year old demographic group and how do we provide them training 
on them to not only enter into the workforce, but to thrive and remain within the talent pipeline. And so we believe that through collaboration and, and partnering with organizations, we can drive uh, change that will lead to better outcomes for greater diversity of STEM professional, professionals, and then also to increase um, in innovation and value creation for all. So these are some of the uh, our targeted system change in our, our theory of change that we believe in collaboration and partnership with organization that we can really uh, scale and accelerate um, impact within our communities. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I cannot thank you enough, Adamica, for um, joining me for this conversation. One of my, one of the principles that I always talk about when we're talking about Kwanzaa is making it a principle, th- these principles that are practiced every day. And Ujama is, you know, one of those principles that I feel like there's never enough of. Um, mm-hmm. When we talk about cooperative economics and just highlighting, you know, people and businesses that are just doing such phenomenal things. And I always just am trying to amplify whatever I can um, so that people know some of the great work that's being done out there. Because sometimes, you know, people just don't, they don't know. I hope in one, in any small way, this has been helpful to just highlight all of the phenomenal things you got, you, you and your team are doing. Cause I know you've got um, a team of folks that assist you as well. Um, and I just am so grateful and thankful for what you're doing in the world. So with that, I will leave the last word to you. If you want to give us any final thoughts. Yes. There's one thing that I wanted to, um, to say, um, this giving Tuesday, um, um, which is November 29th, uh, 2022, we're going to start kicking off our Give Equity to Equity uh, fundraising campaign. And uh, what we're looking to do is to raise $1 million to power the largest network of BIPOC girls and women in STEM. Um, this funding uh, will be used to help scale our program operation, launch powerful narrative change campaigns to generate demand for diverse talent pools, and just grow our existing educational uh, programs to serve more girls and women uh, throughout the STEM um, um, career fields. So um, I just want people to also follow us on our social media platforms um, at uh, Self-Esteem um, on Instagram, um, and then at uh, Self-Esteem on LinkedIn, as well as uh, Twitter and, and Facebook um, to really follow our platform just to stay connected on updates uh, about ways you can support us in achieving um, our fundraising goals. And I promise you all, you will not be disappointed because she is awesome. Um, And it's, you know, so wonderful to see leaders like you out um, just making sure that um, girls have access to information, but they walk away just transformed with some self-esteem and confidence and you know, all of the things that I think parents wish uh, most of the time that they can instill in their kids, but sometimes it takes a village. Um, And so we're just happy that you're doing what you're doing. So thank you so much for being here on the Jolly Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been great. (laughs) It has been awesome. Yes. And we will stay in touch and maybe 
maybe you can come back and even tell us more about some of the impacts um, that are, you know, as your girls continue to grow. So um, you are awesome. I would love that. We'd definitely love to come back. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And make sure you check out selfesstem.org. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.